You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Everybody's got a shot of uh, Steven's butt right there. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us live here. One of the last podcasts for Geekly Radio in 2018. This is the Mitch and Rich show. And as you can see, Richard, we have a few guests with us. Yes, we do. Uh, fan, or not fan, but... <laughs> Person, I am a very big fan of the show. Okay, well, he's a fan of the show, but that's not what I tried to say. You know, a person that's been on the show, a favorite of our show Yay. before, Yay. two years ago came on, talked about the top movies of 2016. 16. So, uh, Rafa. Two years ago was. Yeah. Welcome. I'm Mobile Rafi. I am here to talk with my best friends about movies, and hopefully we all enjoy this cinematic adventure together. And then... Over to my right is Steven, who's been a big part of Geekly Radio as of late. That's true. Now, yeah, now, a, sure. now, a, now a staple on uh, Geeks Watch. That's true. So, I like that show. Right now we're watching Castle Rock. Castle Rock. We need to finish that up. Last couple episodes. So, uh, you know, how, how, how have you thought about films this year? Uh, so I tended to stay away from the cinema. Ah. I when you asked me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was surprised. I think it's been more of a, a bit of a TV year for me. Okay. Which, I mean, those happen. Yeah. I guess that's just what I needed. I feel like Richard had the same to say this year about his movies watching. I did, yeah. Um, mine was not by choice. <laughs> mine was just purely by happenstance, unfortunately. So were you a big subscriber for MoviePass and then the rug got pulled out from under you? Is that what happened? Yes. No. Um, I actually did have movie pass. You did, yeah, you did. You did have movie pass. Kind of slap you in the face. Yeah. And, uh, knock you around. Whip you silly. Um, no. I. It, it was mostly just. Um, it was just life. You know, just busy with work and uh, and school and things like that. So I just didn't really get a lot of time to go. And it's really unfortunate because, like, to me, like going to the movies is like such a huge like reward you know for myself like it's it's like one of those things that i'm just super passionate about so like no. not having the ability to do it as much uh is unfortunate however uh i think one of the other things we'll probably get into when we're going is i also feel like this year wasn't particularly a good year for movies Agreed. comparatively speaking at least, I, agree. You know? I agree you know but i think i feel like the movies that were great were like really great but like it was far and few in between if that's the right way to say that Okay. Yeah. No, that I, makes I, sense. Do you think that if that's what that was, or do you think that those other movies just seem so great by contrast to all of the? I mean, that's a possibility. When I went through the list of 2018 movies, I did have a good amount of or good good amount of trouble like picking what top five were for me and why a, they were the top five. I had a hard time picking the top five because I didn't feel like any of them deserved the top five. Really. Okay. One is sitting on my top five, and it is precariously balanced. I think it's been a year saturated with, I mean, now, 
a lot of people still go to the the cinema, but a big part of it is it's all about blockbusters. We're getting a lot more of those, you know, with superheroes still out in the forefront. But not even with that. It's I mean, some people still go to Sundance and those kinds of things. Of course, that's not going away. But now a lot of movies are coming out straight through like the streaming services, like Netflix, which is cool. Yeah, I just wonder how much this is going to continue as far as a trend. And whether or not the movies... Well, again, because it's... When you go see a movie, it's really pick your flavor. Are you going there to escape? Are you going there to see something beautiful? It really depends on what you're going for. And now that we... Streaming is such a big thing and it's the way we're going, what's going to happen next, right? Well, I mean, for me, like, I kind of wish that there were a few more of the, like, the big movies that had been on the streaming services. So, like, Annihilation in Japan, that came out straight to Netflix. Really? And that sounds freaking wonderful. But... But the the director, uh, which I'm blanking on his name at the moment, he made the movie specifically for theaters, though. Like he, yeah. he even talked about that. He was upset that in out, outside of the United States, it went straight to Netflix. I, I just feel like maybe it wasn't a theater movie. I don't know. I mean, most Americans now we have theaters in our own homes, so I mean, I, I have my my. A four HD six hundred twenty seven TV. Yeah, you're you're right. I that's, don't have that. That's absolutely true. But I feel like I I, I will st- I will never get rid of the the movie theater experience. I agree. I agree. The, I like yeah. However, I loved when I got to watch. Oh my gosh, I forget the name right now. Uh, Arrival for the first time. I watched Arrival for the first time in my VR headset in my room. I bet that was pretty awesome. It was amazing. It was so much better because. And the, the parts that were silent, which is a lot of the movie, uh, were silent. There was no person just... <clears throat> or the popcorn rustling. Nothing. None of that stuff. So I was very happy. And I think with the movie-going experience is sometimes either... I mean, I've gone to a lot of movies by myself this year, and I feel that's something that I've enjoyed a lot more as well. Because a lot of the times, especially when you go see a comedy yeah. or something like that, right. it's kind of... It's kind of like that laugh track. Something makes you laugh and it makes everybody else laugh with you. And there's just too many experiences where someone brings in an infant that shouldn't be in there. Or there's that one, peop- those groups of people that are just making way too much noise. So it's it, it, it's, it's really hit or miss a lot of the times. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's like theater, the theater experience is a weird one. I was, I was happy to be in the theater with the people I went with, though. Yeah. So that being said... Let's get into it. Let's definitely get into it. Uh, I guess we each have different top fives, I would assume. I mean, mm-hmm. probably not going to be too many crossovers. But Spoilers, they're all the same movie. Ha-ha! <laughs> that's right. The camera's over here. Not That's the screen. That, okay. Uh, but I did have a few honorable mentions that I wanted to throw out there before <laughs> we start. mentions first. Yeah. So uh, I put, and surprise, surprise, I put all the, the Marvel movies as a... Honorable mention: the Black That's Panther, okay. Infinity War, and Ant Man and Wasp. I loved them. I I had a great time watching all of them, but I just didn't feel like they made they broke the top five for me. There's a Marvel joint that's not in there. No, well that that's associated with Marvel. Marvel joint. Yeah, see that one did make it. Okay, okay. so that's why. It, Curious. Okay. okay. Uh, also, A Quiet Place and Bird Box. I kind of lumped those two together. I thought they were yeah. they were great. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and I know a lot of people will, will talk about how that's not a really a great movie, but I felt like the music and Rami Malek's performance pushed me through, and actually the rest of the, the 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 band's performance actually pushed me through for that movie, even though it's it's lacking in story. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, Rafa, but didn't Andy say he went to the movie twice? 
I think he did. Yeah, I saw it twice. That's crazy to me. I never seen movies twice. Never? Never. I like I've done it a couple times, but Spider Verse was one of the first times. It feels good because you're able to rewatch some of those things that you missed the first time. Uh, anybody else have any honorable mentions they want to throw out there first? Ralph has a list. I do have a list. There's our specific movies that I really enjoyed. Um, but again, it's all about whenever I'm looking at a movie, I try to look at the film as far as is this something that I would watch again? Coupled with did the performances make me feel something? Was there a substantial moment? Or like, kind of like whenever I think of films, I think of those goosebump moments. There are those specific films where you go back, such as, for me, it's Back to the Future. Every time that they're playing the... the uh, when they're in the dance scene and he's disappearing, Marty McFly, mm-hmm. and then they're playing the song and then uh, what's-his-name stands up to the guy and like, I'm going to dance with her, not you, and punches him. <laughs> and they're just playing the song and just all of that. It's one of those goosebump moments. So I'm looking for those in the films as well. And then also how they utilize sound and cinematography with everything. So, I mean, you can say movies are objective sometimes, but it's still a very personalized experience. Yeah. And depending yeah. on the director or what they do, you have likes and misses. But really, when I'm looking at it, things that I would give really big honorable mentions, one would be uh, Leave No Trace. That movie came out this year with Ben Foster. Uh-huh. Ben Foster, oh, one of the best actors of our generation. I love that it's man. It's so underrated. So underrated. And he was amazing in that movie with newcomer, um, I forget her first name, but her last name is the McKenzie. Um, I forget her first name, but strong, powerful performance. I watched that and beautiful mm-hmm. film. Was that, it, a, was that a Netflix from, movie? Late from Blade Runner? I watched it on Amazon Video. Oh, okay. Are you talking about Late from Blade Runner? No, oh, she was in not, no it's a little girl. Oh, okay. okay. It's a little girl, yeah. yeah. She's like 14 not or 15. Davis. Mackenzie Davis? Mackenzie Davis, yeah. But no, but great movie. Um, <laughs> other films, like uh, I really had a good time in theaters watching Black Panther. Um, yeah. I had a good time watching Venom. Um, I had a good time watching Upgrade, which I didn't know anything about, and then I watched it. You mean the better Venom movie? The better Venom movie. (laughs) I love The Predator. The Predator, something I wasn't looking forward to and just ended up being a great film. I had a great time at at The Predator. I think that movie gets way too much flack for people. I think people just, you know, were like, oh, it's not the original. It's like, well, it's not supposed to be the original. Right. I agree with um, that. I think you guys are doing a whole lot of uh, hit, 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 like uh, revisionist history to try to re- like justify the seven dollars you lost. I don't feel like I lost it. You were robbed. I don't. I, um, I, I did not. I love all things Wolfenstein. I love zombies, so of course I loved Overlord. I thought that was a really fun film. And then you know I always have a soft spot in my heart for John Krasinski, so A Quiet Place was great. But those were all. Good movies that I enjoyed, I'd watch again, but they didn't have that extra factor that made me go, this isn't my top five. Richard? You had, uh, you had a hard enough time getting top five, I let mean, alone honorable I have, mention? I have like a list here, I just don't know exactly which is going to be. I, like, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants right now, because like, I have a list, and I'm still not entirely sure which one I'm going to edge in the top five here. <laughs> so I might have an honorable mention after we get through this, but... Um, I don't know. Like I said, I just unfortunately didn't get to really watch a ton of movies this year, and and it really sucks because like, you guys are talking about all these movies, and I'm like, yep, that was one I wanted to watch. That was one I wanted to watch. Oh, that sounds that's, great. That was, was the, that? that was the entirety of when when Mitch was listing movies earlier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was like that one. So, did you have any honorable mentions, Steve? Um, so my honorable mentions are Princess Monica. 
No, that's, <laughs> that's just every year. Everyone go watch it. Um, I did get to see that for the first time this year because of you, Steven. It's a good movie. It's we, a good we, movie. We went through hell and back for that we, movie. We did. Um, so, my honorable mentions, I put Cloverfield Paradox in there. Even though I did like it, I just, it's not a top five for me. Okay. Um, now Overlord fell in there also, but that was mostly because of the people that I watched it with. I had a good time there. It wasn't for the movie. I remember that, yeah. Uh, and then Avengers, Infinity War. Really good movie. Really, really good movie. But listen, man, I only have space for so many superhero movies in my time. <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible convinced me to like a Mission Impossible movie. Like, it, the, it well, what the hell? convinced you to like a, uh, it as a movie as, as, as opposed to the whole franchise? I mean, they, it didn't make me like all of Mission Impossible. Just that but movie. But this one itself okay. was great. I like the first I Mission really Impossible. I really enjoyed that movie. And this current, like this one that just came out. Oh, wow. There's the one in the middle. I don't really care. You, you, you get lost in Henry Cavill's mustache. You know? <laughs> it, it, it's easy. It was such a powerful mustache, too. A fierce mustache. <laughs> it, 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 like, it was so strong, it destroyed all of Justice League. Oh. <laughs> but no. Um, and then after that, uh, A Quiet Place. And then Fahrenheit 451, the HBO one. It was very good. That was a good one. Michael yeah. B. Jordan and uh, Forget that one of Richard's favorite actors. Uh, man, the dude Help from us out, Premium Jack. Rush. Uh, and Shape of Water. And what's his name? Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Michael Thank Shannon. you. Yeah, there you go. I, like, I don't <laughs> know who you're talking about. Reaching for right now. Yeah, Michael Shannon. He's Midnight in special. all of those movies. Midnight Special. Which I still haven't watched. And I feel bad. I have it on DVD. I haven't watched it. It's, it's, yeah. it's not bad. It looks good. It's, it looks good. It's interesting. So, uh, and, and before we we really get started with our top five, I wanted to say the ones that I wanted to see but didn't get a chance to see. Uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, Destroyer, Vice, Welcome to Morrowind, Anna and the Apocalypse, Mandy, Roma, uh, Greenback, uh, Frontrunner, Mid-90s, Assassination Nation, and A Private War. So those are movies that I wanted to see. Didn't get a chance to see. Feel like some of them might have been on my top five if I had. In my head, I, what was the last one you said? Private War. A Private War with Rosamund Pike. In my head, that is just Tinker Tailor Soldier. Do you see how the, the <laughs> two meters are moving? Uh-huh. Do you want to just mute one of those? I think that's why we're getting echo. Oh, is there? Oh, I oh, got is there you. An echo? I, I got think you. That's what it is. If you want to hit that, let's find out together, guys. Okay, so uh, I will go first if that works since. Steven's going to go and work on that. On that, on, on that, that actually does look really good, uh, Fly Retails. Uh, I, but I did hear that there was a lot of not-so-great reviews for it. The Which Welcome movie? Tomorrowin. Oh, yeah. I heard there wasn't a lot of great reviews either, yeah. but I think it looks great. And I, I like the concept of nothing else. And, uh, nothing, the, nothing comes to my mind. What movie is that? It's, it's the Steve Carell movie where he has the action Oh, okay, yeah. I know now. Yeah. Okay. And it's, uh, it's directed by... Uh, God, why John am I? Krasinski. No, it's the the guy who directed like uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, Anna Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane. Yes, Todd McFarlane directing a movie. <laughs> oh, uh, also, real quick, did we hit record on Audacity? We did not. This is it, guys. Pro grade <laughs> streaming at its finest. Were we doing that or no? It's uh, no, it's okay. We're just. You said we can get it off this, right? Yeah. Uh, if your Twitch is set to archive. That's a good question. <laughs> well, this will be a I'll lost episode out. if it doesn't. Uh, it says that there is one video here. So it's not that recently. big a deal. All right. So it, it would seem like it does. So my number five movie. So we're going to go five to one. Yeah. That it, makes the most I was, sense. Oh, yeah. Right? And, 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 and if, if anyone. Bottom, now we're here. Now we're here. Uh, if any of the movies that you say 
uh, are on any of your guys' list, feel free to speak up about it. Yep. Yep. Uh, so my number five movie is Searching. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. It what brought, were you searching for? Uh, I was searching for John Cho and his beautiful eyes. Ooh. You found it, David. I found them. Because they, <laughs> they are a big focus in that movie because it's all screen life. Like, it... it I, did, I, I had seen uh, all those trailers for those un, unfriended movies. Yeah, the... the like social media, like dark web. Movies. Yeah, dark. There's web. also an episode of Modern Family where they did something like that too. Oh, I think I remember seeing that. What? But is that, that a thing? That's what screen life is now. It's like it's the idea of you're seeing the whole thing through a screen. Okay. So the the I didn't think I would like it. I thought it would be another um another gimmick, uh, another gimmick like uh, uh, found uh, footage. Found footage. Thank you. I and, know what which thinking. is great. I yeah. hate found footage movies. Mistake. Chronicle is the only one that I enjoy. Mistake. Chronicle is very good. Chronicle, get, oh, shaky camera, Mistake. get out of here. Indeed. I don't like Cloverfield. I don't like Cloverfield, which is oh, interesting. Okay. That, that will come up later. Crazy. Okay, okay. okay. I'm curious to see where this goes. So, uh, yeah, the screen life film, the idea of it, you know, they're using a lot of uh, FaceTime with I, iPhones and... and uh, I don't know. A lot of it was just, I just thought they did a really good job of telling a story in a very compact medium mm-hmm. and, uh, and being able to, and you know, they stretch it cause like the, you know, the camera's on while he's sleeping and stuff like yeah. that. And it doesn't really make any sense. And, but it still worked for me. Uh, directed by Anesh Changli. I'm sorry. <laughs> He'd only done a bunch of uh, shorts before that. And, uh, he also wrote it with Sev Ohana, Ohanan. Uh, the actors were John Cho, Deborah Messing, and Michelle La, and uh, and I just loved Wait, how Deborah Messing. Yeah, she she's what she plays the the detective that's searching for her his daughter because okay. his daughter in the movie his daughter goes missing. I'm sorry I didn't uh. say that, but his daughter <laughs> goes missing, and uh, it's all about him trying to track her down and figure it out through like going through her, her computer and her social media. Okay, you have a certain set of skills. So like a PG not version really. of Taken. <laughs> His skills are kind of more computer based. Okay, but not really. <laughs> He's like, I, I know how to get in and clean out your cash. <laughs> like, I can clean out your cookies. Uh, and then I just really liked how it kind of pulled you in a bunch of different directions with with the plot. So. Okay, I hear it's a good movie, and I've always been interested in, in watching it, but never got around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of uh, podcasts that I listen to talk very highly about it. Mm-hmm. So maybe one day it'll be like uh, Sing Street. There you go. Watch it after the fact. You're like, <laughs> this is my new number one. As it happens, um, on my on my end, my number five pick. This was really hard because this one and my number four can kind of move back and forth. But what I have to pick for my number five was "You Were Never Really Here" okay. by uh, by Lynn Ramsey. I love the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling. This movie felt very akin to that, and it has one of the best performances I've ever seen in an actor with Joaquin Phoenix, who's great at what he does. This is a film where it's very self-involved in the sense where you're seeing things from the perspective of Joaquin's character, and you never know what's real and what isn't real. This movie is all about trauma and the way trauma stays with you no matter how old you are. And there's all kinds of things you can really lead up to it and kind of go, either this really did happen or this didn't happen. But the basic premise is simple. Joaquin Phoenix is a dude who's just working to find kidnapped girls and bringing the kidnappers to justice. That's the that's the plot of The Golden Child. Bam. <laughs> that is the plot of The Golden Child. <laughs> Chandler Gerald is trying to find one girl. But the thing is, this movie feels more like a panic attack that's happening at all levels. Lots of slow parts, but when it picks up, 
it goes a hundred and it hits really hard because there's a lot of gratuitous violence, but whenever it happens, it's all shown through like cameras that are recording or it cuts away for a second. So you know what's happening. You hear it, but you're never fully involved in it. Interesting. You know, like um, this was one that I really, really wanted to see as well. Cause I remember watching the trailer and like, he's like walking around with the, the hammer, which instantly uh-huh. made me think old boy, yeah. uh-huh. which is awesome. Um, which is a callback to that. Why does it always come back to old boy with you? Mm-hmm. Because that movie's, Fantastic. Yeah, it's true. Old boy is great. Which old boy you're talking about? Oh, the he original, only likes the, the original. original. Yeah, he doesn't. Okay. Okay. Chark, uh, I can't even talk. Park Chan Wook, the that version, the original version that he did was is phenomenal. Um, no, the other thing is like it, it's another like uh, Asian horror film, but it, like when you were talking about it, it, instantly made me think of the audition. Yes, because that's exactly how they sell a lot of the violence in that movie. Like, where uh, spoiler alert, everybody, uh, especially you, wizard. Because um, <laughs> I know he loves uh, loves horror films, but like, there's a part where they're like cutting someone's like leg off with a mm-hmm. piano wire. You don't really see it, but you can hear it, hear it. and it's <sighs> even more disturbing. Than if you were to see it, so like I'm I, like I'm gonna have to move this up to my list of, of movies to watch. Like please do, please do. It's it's filled with strong performances, and like I said, there's a lot of ambiguity in it, so you can kind of decide exactly what it what's really going on. And I think that allows the moviegoer to really become more invested in it. And so I think that's really cool. And then the ending is very weird, which I really enjoyed. And it has that melancholic feeling, which I like in my movies, where it's kind of a happy ending, but not really. So it's one of those things. So I would highly recommend my number five for sure would be You Were Never Really Here. Okay. Now, Joaquin Phoenix did that movie and Sister Brothers this year, right? I believe so, yes. I, and that's another one that I wanted to go. I, I wanted to see, but didn't get a chance to. But like... Yeah, I think that's interesting that he had two movies out this year that didn't really get that much um, advertisement, like marketing. I think it's a hidden gem for sure. I, I feel it's kind of like this year's uh, Nice Guys. Okay. okay. Whereas Nice Guys was something where you can watch and it's really good. I mean, the style and the, the tone of the films are very different. But as far as the star power and then just the, the nuanced performance, fantastic. That's fair. Richard? Um, it's like I said, I'm falling by the seat of my pants. Um, I think my number five is going to be A Quiet Place. Uh, Ooh, nice. I know it was interesting because a lot of you had it like on your like honorable mentions, <laughs> but it just quite what it just wasn't quiet. And it was great. <laughs> um, so in, in honor of that, I'm just going to sit here silent. That's not good. Okay, no. Um, no, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a really interesting movie. And, and I think even before the movie got released there was kind of like a lot of of questions about the film because there was a lot of back and forth as to whether or not this was a cloverfield movie and yeah. uh i guess at some point it was supposed to be and then there was like the script got moved around like a whole bunch and it ended up kind of not happening that way and i almost feel like it's it's better that it didn't uh happen yeah. that way um because i i really think that would have taken away from the movie i i obviously i remember i think we talked about this on the podcast mitch uh when we were doing it but i really liked the movie a lot but i did have a lot of like criticisms for it as well like there was just a lot of things that um felt like contrivances in terms of of the the story and there was a particular moment like where he has that conversation with his son at the at the waterfall and like i wish that wouldn't have happened 
Like, okay. I wish we would have gotten all the way to the movie without anything being spoken until that last moment where he tells his kids he loves them. Yeah. And I think for me as a as an audience member, I think that would have just heightened that experience up. Like, if that was literally the only line in the movie was just him screaming to his kids and then he gets murked. Um, I, I don't know. I just think it would have really, really kicked it over the, the top for me. And then... It's also really interesting, too, because this was John Krasinski's, like, directorial debut. What a great Um, one, too. And yeah, Right? Like, I mean, coming out of the gate strong, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm really excited to see where he's going to go next. Um, I think it was, for me, kind of similar to, like, the situation that happened with... um, Jordan Peele? Yeah, Jordan Peele with Get Out. Like, that was just something that I don't think anybody was really expecting. And then when you watch that movie, you're kind of in awe of how well put together it is. And, like, even though there are some things in this that I feel, like, are, you know, pragmatic of him being a first-time director, I like you said, it's such a strong first showing that, like, I'm just hyped to see where he's going to go next and, like, what he's going to tackle as a director. And he, Can you make sure that yours does have your switch turned off? Uh-oh. Check, check. Hopefully check. it's a little better for you guys. Sorry about that. But um, no, you make a really good point. And I'm talking about a movie going going to the movies, like physically oh, yeah. going there. What a what a magical experience for me watching that and everybody just silent as you're watching this film. So yeah, no, that's a wonderful. wonderful yeah, I film. think I, that definitely played a lot into that movie of you know being able to hear everybody in the theater breathe because no one wants to make any noise because you're right. that engrossed in the film. I think the only reason why it stayed off of my um, top five list is because there were some very predictable parts, and sure. and I think maybe the, the the very end is a little is a little sloppy. It's a little, it's not tight, but so much right. The part when he said <laughs> when he when he yells at this kid like I love you or whatever, I was like, cool. Okay, I thought you guys were talking about the shotgun scene because that was a good scene. That was the best scene. <laughs> That's what I wanted to see. But yeah, that movie does. I, I felt like it really held you throughout the whole thing. So, uh, that, yeah. And shout out to those cool ass monster aliens. They yeah, look really cool. Indeed. Yeah. They were super cool. So is my turn to say my number five? Your then? number five, Steven. All right. So my number five is actually uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower. Um, I don't know if that came out this year, but I watched it for the first time this year. Okay. Regardless. Um, if anything else, say it came out late last year. It was um, last year. I just it was last year? It I just okay. looked it up. Um, so Mary and the Witch's Flower is the newest, um, well, the first big release from Studio Panak, or however you're supposed to say it, which is all the people who were Studio Ghibli Ghibli members before. So they went and they adapted this book, as is par for the course for Studio Ghibli, and they made this great film. Uh, I think it's it's great. It's traditional animation with a little, bit, little mix in of CG here and there when it's appropriate. It was just really good. And it felt good to get back into that kind of like lighthearted and warm feeling situation for a movie again. That's awesome. I recommend it. Now, so rent I, it. I, this is one of the things that I was, I was glad that you're going to be joining on because I knew there's going to be movies that I'd <laughs> never even heard of before. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's, there you go. That's, I think the, the cool thing about it, I, I've never heard of this either. And like, I was just looking it up to check the release date. And the cool thing about it is, is that like you're, what you're saying, like if you are a fan 
of that animation style, mm-hmm. like it looks very, very similar to that, which I think is nice because that's going to kind of give you some comfort in, because that's a problem I have a lot of times is like, I'm like, oh, I really only like a specific art style for uh, anime or yeah. whatever, right? And so sometimes it's difficult to kind of find that similar style. So I think if, if there are people out there that maybe are really only willing to go into that type of art style, like this is you're, this is going to be another one you're going to be totally comfortable mm-hmm. watching because it just it has the exact like identical look to it according to what i'm seeing here yes yeah. yeah it's a good time everyone go watch it <laughs> all right rafa what's your number four so my number four going off of animation ooh, which i believe ooh. is going to be on some other people's lists as well is this going to be this low on your list was uh spider-man into the spider oh. okay Bastard. now look <laughs> number four. Oh my god <laughs> a lot of great films I love superhero films, and this is a year <laughs> where I really, really delved into Spider-Man Explain because yourself. I wanted to read the Spider-Verse story, uh-huh. so I went back, and um, Chris, who's also part of, of Geek Elite, he really made a good job of telling me what to read, and so I went back. I read a lot of stories all the way from from um, the beginning parts to introduction of Miles to the Ultimate Universe, kind of rereading and reading some new stories, and so I've been on this Spider-Man just hook for the longest time when i went to go see the movie i don't know what it was it could have been one of those things where i just wasn't in the mood because at that point for some reason i wanted to watch aquaman instead so i was like i remember telling steven in the theater i remember telling steven in the theater um i'm not really hype right now i would have been more hype if it had been the week before you came out hyped. i did that's the thing that's important not only did this movie change my mindset like the first three minutes in but this is a movie where I had a smile on my face the entire time. Mm-hmm. Talk about a film, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because I know some of you will talk about it at length as well. But for me, what I liked about this film is that every level of it felt important. This was a good superhero film, but not just as good superhero film. It was a good film of growing up. It was about hitting puberty. It was about being that new person and throwing yourselves into new situations in a world that you don't understand. Kind of on top of that, lots of great music. The soundtrack was dope. I bought it the next day when it came out. And just the visuals itself were just some of the best animation I've ever seen. And there were so many great moments. So overall, number four, because there were three other films that I feel (laughs) did other things for me. But I loved it. So, uh, as as Rafa mentioned earlier, Chris is part of Geekly Radio. He he and I do uh, the Imagine If show on is Wednesday it, nights. Make sure it, to tune in for that podcast whenever you can. Christopher Freinifer? That's right. Freinifer? Okay. <laughs> not Freinifer, but... I mean, I'm not Mitchard either, but you call me that, so that's why I did uh, anybody else would like to bring up the uh, anything because I, I I do have that on my list so I will Indeed. talk about it more yep. later. It is, it is <laughs> on everybody else's list. It is higher okay, so yeah. go see that movie. It's really good. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. that's yeah. one we're all going to agree on. That is within the top five. So I'm, I'm just super excited to see what else is on your list because like I know where it's at on mine. And I'm like number four. Like the, the other three are just Aquaman, right? <laughs> it's true. Comic. Uh, don't, don't give my number one away. Uh, Richard did. What is your number four? Uh, my number four. Uh, okay. So I guess it was a few years back now. I sat down and I read a little novel, uh, that was super heavy into like the eighties and video games and had Ah. every intellectual property known to man 
And then uh, Mr. Steven Spielberg picked it up uh, to make it a movie. And I remember thinking, dear God, this is never going to happen because how on earth are they going to get all of that into one movie? And uh, it is called Ready Player One, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I instantly fell in love with the novel when I was reading mm-hmm. it. It's, it's just so phenomenal. I mean, like, I am such a huge gamer, and, like, video games have always been a massive part of, like, my life, as has film, and just 80s pop culture in general is yep. just such a wonderful moment in, in pop culture history. And this book and movie are both just completely oozing and chocked full of greatness across the board. Um, the visual fidelity was amazing. Um I don't know. It's really difficult for me to say. I mean, I mean, like obviously, there's some things that they changed from the novel to the film that some didn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Some there was a lot, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was some that I I just really didn't think needed to be changed. But even though it was. Uh, I think it was still a strong enough showing on its own, and it still had those moments that I was looking for and the connections to the characters that I was really looking for, that it was enough for me to separate the two. Uh, I still think the book is better, obviously, but that's almost always the case. Uh, So, I mean, it's hard not to do that. But, yeah, uh, that was my number four. There there was one thing that I thought was a critical failing in the movie. Anything else they changed I would have been fine with. Throw in The Shining, I don't care. It's fine. But then there's a part where in the, they're in this house, and I forget her name right now, but the love interest that shared between... Artemis? Uh, Artemis, yeah. Uh, no, no, um, the love interest that shared between uh, essentially Steve Jobs and, and Wozniak. Oh, oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the lady who's Og the love... and... Yeah, Morrow. And, and Morrow, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a part in there where there's like a fake version of her that's set up by, by Morrow, right. uh, James, James Morrow, to be in this situation where she's essentially in peril. Which she's like dancing and she's like scared like above this like empty ground situation. The haunted mansion looking. Yeah, very, scene. very haunted mansion <laughs> um, But yeah, like she's in peril in there and there's no way in any way, shape or form that I think that he would have put her in danger even in this fake version of her. Uh so I think that was a even, critical even misunderstanding. Even to the point where that if it was him that's saving her, it's it's making him seem like the hero. Don't think it would have mattered. Plus, he knew that he wasn't going to be the one doing this quest. That's true. So I do not like that. That's valid. <laughs> I like I said, I I agree. I, there are inevitably flaws and things that are in there. Like uh, for no me, one of the biggest man. things was the <laughs> the the discovery of the first key. Like I love how that happens in the book, and I get why they changed it yeah. for the movie to be more visual. Yeah. Uh, but that's something that I would have actually liked to have seen played out the way that it was. But again, I think it stands strong enough on its own that, mm-hmm. like for me at least, I was I'm able to separate those and yeah, yeah enjoy it for what yeah. It is. For me, that it's that that last twenty minutes of that movie that really puts it over the top for me. Like I, I enjoyed it because of that last twenty minutes, that that giant battle scene. Oh, it's so good. Um. Felt like when you were a kid playing with all your action figures. Oh, yes, exactly. I, but I, I just felt like if they were going to do that movie right, they should have split it into three movies. Like, the book lays it out for each key to be a movie, for, to me. And I feel like it should have been more Indiana Jones than it was. It could have been a TV show. Okay. Yeah, it could It could like, definitely like be serialized. Yeah, something Fast like that. Galactic was good. So <laughs> I, I was disappointed in the execution, but I enjoyed watching it, if that's... Makes sense. I, I think that's like the the like serious thing though. Like I feel like that's almost everything now. Like there's so many like yeah. things that come out where I'm just like, eh, we don't need to make it as. I mean, we we're spending ten million dollars on one fight <laughs> sequence in Game of Thrones. We can do everything as shows now. Like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, but then look at we we get the flip side of that coin where they stretch out one Hobbit book into three movies. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, okay, like, that's true. Why they do that? That is true. Why but you know, <laughs> but then you have things like uh, like the CW uh, shows mm-hmm. that that made Elseworlds this year. You know, yeah. that is a movie. That is yeah. a cinematic movie made into three episodes right there on television, and that's I have that cut. They, that, <laughs> and you can listen to us talk about that on Televised Heroics, also on Geekly Radio. <laughs> Shameless plug. So, Stephen, <laughs> what is your number four? Oh my god, I gotta look. Um, so my number four is apparently Upgrade. <laughs> That's, those are the numbers I assigned. <laughs> so I enjoyed Upgrade. Like Rafa said uh, earlier, I believe you, you mentioned this in your... His honorable, honorable mention. Honorable mention. Yes. Uh, Upgrade was great. And like exactly like you said, it is just the better Venom movie <laughs> in every way, shape, or form. Uh, it literally they, is the Venom movie you wanted. Like in, in all of the ways. Yeah. How did they do it? They even made it like a like a cyberpunk Venom. Yes. Like... Of course I want this. Um, they they got off brand Tom Hardy to start to start. Oh my goodness! I keep poor forgetting Logan Marshall that, Green. Yeah, Logan Marshall Green who looks so much like Tom Hardy. That poor man. I like, to, I like to call him the Diet Tom uh, Hardy. Diet Tom He's Hardy. like the Diet He's Tom Hardy. Great value, Tom Hardy. But but a great actor in his own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Except Prometheus. The only part where he sold me on what he was doing was that part where he looked in the mirror and he was surprised what was in his eyes. <laughs> I liked um, him. I thought it was good. I, I like Prometheus. In uh, no, I love Prometheus. I, I like Prometheus <laughs> way more than anyone should. Um, but I enjoy Prometheus. In, uh, in Upgrade, the only thing that I didn't like was the actual end of the movie. Okay. I love the end of the film. I like the end of the movie. It's just that the way that they lead up to it, they telegraphed it from like oh yeah so early on. Yeah, I leaned over to my to my friend Andy, friend of the show. Um, I leaned over to him and I literally said what the ending was because I thought that there was going to be one more beat after that. And I felt bad because then, like, that happened and the credits rolled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> See, I, I didn't catch that. To me, the ending was one of those good, like, oh, shit. I thought it was just like a like an, a longer version of a Black Mirror episode. That's fair. Ooh, yeah. But I thought, it was, I thought it was good overall because, again, it's... See, for you guys, it was like a cyberpunk Venom. To me, it was like RoboCop meets any revenge movie. And... <laughs> yeah. I like those aspects because the fight scenes were great. Yes, the they gore were. was shocking and good. And I just I like that it was a futuristic world, but it was it was still tied down into reality. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I, I like the way that the, the fight scenes were shot. Ooh. Like the that was the reason I watched it in the yeah. first place. Because you know, too many fight scenes always are just too much cuts and just you know, shaking camera and this was like very right there watching as mm-hmm. the, the guy cut the other dude's head off with the kitchen knife. <laughs> the, the one thing I wanted to say is that uh, watching the film uh, I don't yeah, this is a pretty big spoiler kind of thing I think we're okay uh, but Wizard was like I want to watch this oh sorry Wizard, it's not a real spoiler um, spoiler, spoiler alert. so basically um, there's a part where the bad guy who's supposed to have like invented things he's the one who sets him up with this piece of technology and okay. everything yeah. when he first is talking to him I was like wow that is some bad acting that is terrible acting. Later but, on, there's there's a turn on this, and then you understand why. Yeah. And I hope to God that was intentional. Because <laughs> like that would be so good if they I, had done that on purpose. I like I, to believe it was. Yeah, I have to believe it was. It would be it so done. good. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say something about the ending now, and I don't know if I should, if we're trying Wait. not to spoil anything. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. Was I'm just trying to ecstatic it out. All right, well, well, we'll move on to mine then, if that's okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, feel free. So my number four movie is a movie I felt like no one was talking about, um, Bad Samaritan. 
now. This was directed by Dean Devlin, which I think most people know him as the creator and producer of The Librarians and uh, good movies. Uh, The Leverage show, okay. TV show. So, yeah, The Librarian movies, and then they yeah. also had the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, he also wrote ID4 back in the day. That's crazy. Yeah. I did not know uh, And this. then directed Geostorm, so we, we don't talk about that one. Geostorm. But uh, the writer of this was Geostorm was also podcast. Brandon Boyce, who he's wrote, written a few other things, but the only other thing that I'd seen was At Pupil. Um, the actors in it, and this is where it, it sold me, because, or this is why I saw it in the first place, is because it's David Tennant okay. and Robert Sheehan. Sheehan. Oh, shit. Dude, he's great. Yeah. Wow. So, we, the we Doctor and, and the Misfit. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I <misfit>. love... <laughs> and in this corner... <laughs> Who will win? One's uh, immortal. <laughs> They're both immortal. The, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. So, in this movie, the, the idea is that Robert Sheehan plays a character that uh, breaks into houses, steals stuff, because he's a, he's a valet... And okay. when people were inside eating, he He's drives the to their house, yeah. you know, using their uh, GPS and then steals shit and comes back. When he's in David Tennant's house, he finds the little uh, torture room that he has a girl, like, uh, strapped to a chair. and He's, she's... Bar- he's body crouching her? I don't know. That. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, she is being she is being tortured and she's like, please help me because she hears him scrounging around for stuff and... And so he, the whole movie is him trying to get David Tennant uh, arrested for this stuff, but then. But he can't say like, "Listen, while well, I was in the guy's I was house, stealing." Yeah. So it it's it's a real creep movie, like super creepy. Uh, the acting is 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 great, and and just the idea of what are you gonna do in in certain situations mm-hmm. plays out so well in that movie. Is was this a crazy year for Robert Sheehan? I think so. He did this. He he was in Mute. Mortal uh, Engines. He was Mortal in Mortal Engines, Engines, yeah. Was that this year? Was That's last, this year. Last couple years? Yeah, well, <laughs> they pushed that movie back so far. That's true. Um, but and no, no one went and saw it <laughs> this year. So well, I forgot it came out already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that. And then, uh, um, damn, a couple other things. He, he was in that movie where he basically played like a, as Moonwalkers a couple years ago. He was in that. He, he played oh, okay. fake um, Stanley Kubrick, I believe. Ah. Yeah. I mean, he's what? he's, he's blowing it? up. Yeah, I, I need to watch that. Movie. Yeah, the movie's crazy. <laughs> uh, anybody else? Did anybody else see this movie no, other wow. than me? For Jessica Jones and all this. Ah, that's right. Yeah, you see Jessica Jones. Did you not watch Jessica Jones? <laughs> or is that, is that the no? Joke no, I'm or? just saying David Tennant. David Tennant. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Wait, he, dude, he likes playing bad guys. He does. He, and, he does it and well. Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> when was he Scrooge McDuck? All the and, time right now. And the new DuckTales. What? He's, yeah. yeah the voice <laughs> so yes, the, if anything you take from my list this year is that you should see, everybody should see Bad Samaritan. Did you watch that in the theater or was this like on like a streaming platform? I, it was on video on demand. I, I, I'm sure you it came out in theater it. somewhere. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. So Interesting. Uh, Richard, what is your number three? Oh boy. Um, Wait, so, are we on threes already? Yeah. Everybody did their four. Damn. Dude, we fast. Moving quick. <laughs> Um, so for me, my number three, uh, I, I don't know. I, I heard, I heard like, um, a good amount of like mixed feedback about this, but I think a lot of it goes down to whether or not you're a fan of the director's previous work. And that would be, uh, Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs mm. or Isle of Dog. Um, I don't know. For me, I'm always, is it, singular? it I could be plural. I think it's plural. It's it is plural. Okay. Isle of, Isle of Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Okay. I was like, what? <laughs> my brain isn't working. Um, <laughs> 
But no, like for me, I don't know. I'm always like completely enamored and taken aback by like stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. Like when you see any sort of like behind the scenes type of stuff for it is just unbelievably ridiculous. Like the amount of work that they put into like even the most like minute detail that's in the background. And of course, that's only amplified by like a thousand percent because of Wes Anderson. Yeah. So I mean, like literally, the color palette for everything, like every little those, those, like those zipper yellows. and patch and like fabric choice, like everything is just unbelievably flawless. And then you get into the cast, which is exactly what you would expect out of a Wes Anderson movie. I mean, there's just tons it's those six and tons people, of tons. Jason Schwartzman's there. No oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's like, it's basically like, I mean, Brian Cranston is in this, which uh, he's a phenomenal voice actor, but I mean, yes. it literally has Edward Norton, Jeff Goldblum, Bill uh, Murray, uh, Greta Gerwig is in this, Francis McDermott. Uh, I mean, like there is Scarlett Johansson, Harvey Keitel. I mean, there's literally just an unbelievable cast. And then, you further that by getting into a really, really great story mm-hmm. as well. And I mean, and it's told in the way that is pretty much only the way that I can imagine Wes Anderson actually doing it. Like, I can't imagine anyone else really getting this movie and making it have this deadpan humor, but like emotionally sensitive topics and just the overall like perfection and the quirkiness. Like, I just can't fathom anyone else doing this to the degree that he does. And then it's stop motion on top of it. I mean, like, I cannot get beyond that because, I mean, like, the sets that they have that they've crafted for this Mm -hmm. are just perfection. There's literally, like, times where there's lighting gags that are happening. So, I mean, like, you're literally seeing, like, stage lighting occur, like, in a particular part of it. And it's just like, what in the heck? Like, it's literally just so incredible to me. And uh, if you're into Wes Anderson films, like, I would would strongly recommend checking it out because it's a great movie. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I came to a realization with Wes Anderson movies recently. Mm-hmm. I love Wes Anderson films. Uh, I think Battle Rockets talk anymore. very bad. Huh? We can't talk anymore. <laughs> about Wes Anderson films? Yeah. No, just in general, because I can't stand okay. Mitch Anderson. is the I'll, only I'll, one I'll on this, in this room that doesn't like Wes Anderson, I have a feeling. That is true. Everyone makes mistakes, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, okay. so, it's, not your, it's not your flavor. That's fine. Yeah. I, to be fair, I only I hate like his first like three films. Wow. <laughs> don't like them at all. Um, Mistake. I think Royal Tenenbaums <laughs> is the only one that I can actually stand. Raffle loves that movie. So much. Well, the Royal Tenenbaums is like a soft palette of color that slowly embodies you as you go into it. <laughs> it envelops you in warmth. The way Rafa just waxed poetically about it's, everything it's, is amazing. It's the the Neil deGrasse Tyson effect. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Uh, but no, so um, for Wes Anderson films, there, there's this issue that I've had with movies recently and TV shows. Where you're watching them and you know what's going to happen next because the fr- the like the framing changes or the uh, suddenly the the shutter speed is different so you know an action scene is going to come up, all these different things happen like that. Wes Anderson films aren't shot with any of those things, uh, so like there's all these lockdown camera shots so you don't necessarily know something's going to happen because in his movies typically if something happens the camera just like hard pans right really fast and you're in the next scene or whatever. And you don't, there's nothing telegraphing that. It just happens. I I love it. So watching his films, like, it's, it's, I I get to actually experience something without knowing all of the things that I've built up from having watched movies for the past 29 years. So I like that. (laughs) Also, it's like watching, it's like every movie he makes, it's like if the actors know they're in a play Mm -hmm. and they're performing something. (laughs) And I like that about it too. I agree. I totally agree. I have to, but I have not watched I Love Dogs yet. 
You should definitely check it out when you get a chance. Because, I mean, obviously you're in animation. I don't know if you're in a stop motion animation or not. But if you are, like, definitely watch the movie and then go back. They have, like, a bunch of, like, featurettes and stuff on, I've like, already the watched actual those. stuff. You oh, my gosh. They put, they put them onto the YouTube before. And I couldn't get a hold of the movie before. That's it. And I've, it's I've, on HBO I've, now. I've, talk, yeah. right I've now. talked about this before. Is I, I have a real problem with stop motion animation. Just because whenever I watch it, it seriously takes me out of the movie thinking about how much work goes into making a stop motion <laughs> animation fair. movie. Have you watched? Uh, oh my gosh, Kubo, Kubo and the Two It's one of the only ones that I've actually liked. Okay, because that one's masterful. But it's not. I mean, it's the, not, the, the, the plot's not crazy. Yeah. There's there's no turn. <laughs> you know from the beginning, it's Grandpa. <laughs> uh, okay, Stephen, what's your number three? Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> He's not let's, ready. Let's find out which one I put a three on. <laughs> uh, so it turns out it was Bad Times at the El Royale. Hey! hey. Uh, I liked that movie a lot. Um, I would not have thought that it would have been in the top five, but upon reviewing the films of the year, it is. Uh, and it's not at the bottom of the list either. Hey! Which is interesting. Um, at the end of the movie, fell short, it fell flat for me. Okay. But honestly, at the end of the day, that was okay. I enjoyed the journey so much, and I liked everything that they were crafting in the beginning. They were taking their time with this story and this story and this little piece of information, this one, and they made a whole basket before I realized it. <laughs> it was great. So, high five, because that's my number three also. Hey! hey, hey all right. Hey. Segway. So, we, yeah, we had uh, writer-director Drew Goddard came in to make this movie. Uh, he wrote Buffy. He wrote Angel. He wrote Alias. He wrote Cloverfield. He wrote Lost. He wrote what? The Martian. He wrote Daredevil. He wrote... Oh. X Force and Sinister Six movies, which didn't get made. X Force might that, be, that be coming Six out. Uh, he directed Cabin Woods, one of my favorite movies of all time, and then he is also the producer and directed the pilot episode of The Good Place. Damn. Yeah. So I am all for Drew Goddard and every, anything that he wants to make in the future. He's he's done more with just that one, like with any one work that he's worked on, than I've done in my whole life. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> I'd say, probably say the same thing the rest of us do. Uh, then you have the great cast, uh, Cynthia Evero, Ervio, yeah, Jeff Bridges, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm, Lewis Pullman, and Chris Hemsworth. And I really enjoyed this ensemble, ensemble cast, um, the storytelling from the multiple views, and then literally... I usually hate this in in movies, but in this one, it leaves you wanting so much more with with everybody's story, mm-hmm. and I was okay with that. Like, like I enjoyed that. You could have seen way more of any of the individual characters, yes. and it would have been fine. And then the side characters were 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 really good too. Like Nick Nick Offerman, Offerman's character at the beginning of the movie that's hiding the, the oh, money. Yeah. I forgot he was in the movie. Yeah, but but he's a good part. Yeah, you know, no, and he's then. Great. Whatever uh, Cynthia's character, the singer, you know, what's going on with her back in uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. before she goes to Reno to sing. And you see just the tiniest of flashbacks for and, hers. But it's, it's, it's so It's a volume good. by itself. Yeah. So, uh, anything else anybody would like to say about Bad Times? I never saw it, so. Go and watch it. <laughs> uh, so then, Rafa, what is your number three? Okay, so my number three is the movie Mandy. Nice. Wanted to see it. We were supposed to. We we keep forgetting. We keep pushing it off. So Mandy. Oh Mandy. (laughs) You came and you saw. There's a lot going on in this movie. I can see why some people like it. I can see why some people love it. I can see why some people fucking hate it. (laughs) A lot of it makes sense. For me, when I really break it down, I think of this is a surrealistic 
art house horror film with Nicolas Cage. His performance was good. Everybody's like saying like, "Oh, he's so great." Most of the time, he's yelling and he's, he's angry. His, his true. That's what he. Cage I mean, as you yeah. say, isn't that the true yeah. form of Nicolas Cage? <laughs> and that's fine. But this movie is set up in acts, so there's very specific things that are happening. The first part of the movie, it's it's a slow burn. So as you're kind of going through it, it's like, oh, okay, so it's another one of these slow movies, and then it just flips out of nowhere. I was going to ask because none of what I've seen seems slow. Yeah, for this movie, it, it takes a while to get going, and once it gets going, <laughs> well, once it does, yeah. it doesn't stop. Yep, it's violent, it's gory, it's nasty. And it's so, so self-satisfying because you can say, and I would say this movie comes off as very pretentious. There's a lot of parts where the, sh- this, the shots take a very long time, close-ups, a lot of monologuing, a lot of this, colors and animations thrown in randomly with weird um, actual title scr- shots coming up out of nowhere you're thinking that it's actually like oh chapter one or chapter two well you get it? you get like almost uh oh god it's like you get almost halfway into the movie before the title card even pops yes, up yes it's assassin's creed and it's beautiful because uh, it's like it's like it's grindcore grindcore font which is the best part and what I liked about the film is, whereas there's a lot of revenge films that come out, this one is some is one of those films that leaves you satisfied. The villains are crazy. Nicolas Cage is crazy. The music <laughs> is insane. Really, if you were to take the heaviest drug, this is what I feel like you would feel like by the end of it. Because, honestly, at the end of the day, it's shot very nice. The themes are pretty interesting, and the performances are great, and the violence is right up there. Perfect. And those are the reasons why I love this film. Do you remember the movie Beyond the Black Rainbow? I do. Same guy. Really? Yep. And it makes all the sense in the world. It's the same writer-director. Uh, I think his name is Panos Cosmatos. I'm yeah. probably saying that wrong, but yeah. yeah. No, it's it's interesting, though, because uh, you were the last on the number threes, right? Yeah, number three. Because this is my number two. Whoa! <laughs> Look at the synergy. So, so Rick Wick. All <laughs> right. No, but I mean, I, I have to agree with you 100%. I, I went and watched this uh, at Alamo Draft House. I was a huge Damn. fan of, of Beyond the Black Rainbow. Yeah, well, well it's, it's not that. It's just that was like one of the only places that was showing it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the, to me, you're talking about the music uh, being insane, uh, which it is. And it's it's also got that heavily like 80s uh, vibe going on it to does. it. But this is uh, Johan Johansson's last That's scored film name. before he passed away. <laughs> he crazy that guy does good music. He does amazing music and a lot of people were really upset because they actually disqualified this film from the Academy Awards which removed his ability to be nominated for his last score. Oh. And there was a lot of like kind of controversy around that but I guess what it ended up my understanding of what happened is you have to show the film with three showings per day in L.A. County mm. before it goes to oh. VOD, and they they only showed it twice a day. It went to VOD, and then a theater that was doing three showings a day kicked in, and so they just missed being able to have his score nominated this by is- a couple of days, basically, which is really unfortunate because when you listen to the score of this film, it is effing incredible. Like This it's is immersive. by far some of his best work. Um 
I agree. Like, there is probably a very large percentage of people that are not going to be able to watch this movie that don't want anything to do with it. But it is like literally 121 minutes of demo reel for the cinematographer, which I think his name is Benjamin Loeb. Um, and he really hasn't done a whole lot, but like, there is just a ridiculous nature to the way that this film is shot. The locations that they find like are beautiful. Like, and there's things that are beautiful really for no reason other yeah. than just being beautiful and to be mm-hmm. juxtaposition against the grotesque nature mm-hmm. of the gore and of the violence and the revenge that is happening. And, uh, it, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. It is just a hell of a ride. Like it yeah. does, it does take some commitment to get, to that point but like once the powder keg is ignited like it is just unrelenting till the end of the movie and uh they have kind of these like weird um satanic biker dudes that you're not really <laughs> sure if they're real people or demons that's nuts like, this already, this sounds great. but it's like, the it's... crazy scene by monster from hellraiser <laughs> right. but on motorcycles it, yeah. this sounds like super jail you see you see nicholas cage just <laughs> forging his own weapon right it's it's Fucking bonkers. And it's you make really movie, great points with the idea of... It's it's an immersive film. Yeah. When I first started watching it, yes, it's a slow burn, but I like those kinds of movies. And then once the payoff hits, before I knew it, it's like, oh, it's over. Yep. That happened fast. <laughs> and again, there's something self-gratifying in the, in the sense where you're in it, you're engrossed by the music, you're engrossed by the visuals. You make a very beautiful point about how the Misen scene really affects, effectively is brought out. Also with the colors of the reds mm-hmm. that just keep on coming out. And Nicolas Cage's character's name is red in the movie. Yep. And he sees red the entire the time. The entire time. It's a Pokemon movie. So mm. it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a great film. I agree. I agree. I'm glad he found a powder keg. Because <laughs> beyond the black rainbow, the whole movie's a slow burn. It it is a slow burn. That's the whole movie. It is. It never it never finishes burning. If you do it like that goes. movie, though, you will it's absolutely beautiful. love Mandy. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, I I think that was interesting that we agreed on that one movie and then they agreed on that. Movie. It's true. It's true. We, so, we're we're on these. I, I think for they a did. Yeah, I think they didn't see the other movie that we talked about or the one that Which, we, we they didn't see. Bad, oh, bad times, and, and we, we haven't see seen theirs. Mandy. Yeah. We have to trade. There we go. <laughs> so that brings us to your number two. Yeah, let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody been saying anything? Any any people on the our channel been wanting us to say anything to us or anything? Um, well, they they called you bad and bougie. They at did. One point? They did. Um, I said, "Don't judge me, wizard." Oh. Uh, Wallace and Gromit joke and a couple of things. No, um, nothing too crazy. Okay, we've been yeah. interacting with them via yeah. chat, so um, keeping up with. But them. yeah, uh, so my number two um, is a weird one. Uh, so I stayed away from superhero movies for five, six years, something like that. <laughs> and then you watched a whole bunch this year. So <laughs> damn many. They wouldn't stop putting them out. Uh, and you guys invite me to them, so I go. Yeah, I went and saw Aquaman. Apparently, you did. <laughs> You uh, did. But no, uh, I was they like, didn't make the list, that's though. Definitely no. not your number two, right? No, <laughs> okay. no. It's crazy how it didn't end up. No, the, the, way, the way you were building it, I was like, is, is Aquaman? Is going with Listen, that? man, it just got all these splash points. I was like, back if, when I loved uh, uh, Stargate Atlantis so much. Uh, I was going to say, if you're, if you're going to do Aquaman, then you need to, like, superimpose font over the thing and be like, my number two is Aquaman. <laughs> and then you need to say, my number two is Aquaman, because that's <laughs> everything that happens in that movie. <laughs> so bad. Uh, but yeah, so, no, it's um, it's actually Black Panther. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah, Black Panther, I enjoyed a lot. Um, I, I am American. I am taught 
all through school about the Civil War and everything like that. This was the first time I cared about brothers and people of the same blood and culture fighting. Oh. <laughs> In a substantial way. Okay. I was like, I understand why the Civil War was a problem now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought that all of the characters they, they brought to the Wizard. table for this one were great. And I, I don't know if it's because I haven't watched so many of the other Marvel movies or something, but I was surprised by characters. Um, I forget uh, his name. Um, Watson and the guy from... Oh. Um, I forget his name right now. It was Bilbo. Yeah. Him. Um, Freeman. Martin Freeman. Yeah, Martin Freeman. Thank you. Um, he did great. He did. He, he, like, even he was good in the movie. Yeah. Even? Yeah. I think usually well, he's pretty good. He's, he's, he's <laughs> such a small part of the movie. Yes, there's no reason I should have been like, hey, good. <laughs> and, um, and Michael B. Jordan killed it in that role. Yeah. Did, how, did, how did he have time to be a good actor and be that buff? Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, when you're getting paid just to work out. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> Look, uh, like, yeah, there, there's no reason why Black Panther should not have been on my top five. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason I didn't put it up there is because that last fight scene... It's, it's it's the CG in that yeah. is pretty bad, and, well, that, and, and that's that's how that all water. of Aquaman looked to me. So that's why I don't like that movie. But just shinier, uh, yeah. Um, man, there are some good shots in that movie. Ryan Coogler, <laughs> man, Ryan Coogler has come out of the gate with Fruitvale Nation mm-hmm. and Station. Creed Station. Station, sorry, yeah. dude, Fruitvale I will Nation. watch that sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Fruitvale Nation, and, and then and then Black Panther, and wow, the movie, and, and, and then. This this late in the phases for Marvel, like Black Panther coming out and being this great mm-hmm. and somewhat of a origin film, but not really because we kind of yeah I don't know how how you want to look at it or not, but no it's it's a, it's it's an origin. It's the first time that you hear his actual like origin origin yeah way. and then the the you know yeah the killmonger of mm-hmm. it all you know that's just it's it's really icing is great very buff icing yes. <laughs> with all those marks of every person <laughs> yeah. he's killed but no it was just it was such a good film. And, like, again, it's crazy that with every successive Marvel movie that came out this year, I had a hard time trying to convince people, like, no, I really like this movie, and it is genuinely good. I'm not just that comic book nerd. Yeah. Like, I can't convince people that they're good because I sound like I'm just saying all of them are good. Right. See, I I just wish that, like, Michael B. Jordan would have actually killed the other dude and just become the new Black Panther because I I thought his character was infinitely better than just about any other character. Well, the only other character that I liked better was actually Black Panther's sister, Sheree. Sheree, yeah. Like, honestly, even if she just became the new Black Panther, I would be like, let's do this. Let's yeah. make, like, ten more movies. Because I, I thought... Panther. You have a problem... <laughs> so you have a problem with T'Challa or with Chadwick Boseman? Um... I you think it, it's it's not really so much the character, and it's not. I don't even think it's necessarily him as an actor per se. I think it has more to do with the overall script, like because it's kind of his story, but not really. It's true, you yeah. know what I mean? Like he's, well, the, he's the forgettable part, right? Which is filled with so many great supporting characters, including the fantastic. Mbaku, I forget oh, his actual yep. name. God, Mbaku, Great character. Yeah. Well, and now every time he, he came he's on, be in us, in us, yeah. Yes, he is. I stole it. Yeah. <laughs> I stole it from you. But I no commentary. <laughs> Angela Bassett too, as as uh-huh. as uh, T'Challa's mother, you know, does a great job. I I get what you're saying though, Richard, but I still feel like nope. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like it's 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 very much T'Challa's story because he has to learn that his father wasn't the end all be all great person that he thought mm-hmm. he was. He has to be his own man. He has to be the king of Wakanda. He, he and, and being the Black Panther is not all. 
that there is for his people, he has to be a king. But and see, that already sounds like a better movie than what I watched. But see, that I feel like that <laughs> that is what I got, and I love the Killmonger story too. But I think too many people sit out there and be like, "Oh, well, Eric was right too. He's the he's the one who was actually right." He's like, "No, he wants Wakanda to fail. He wants he's starting a war with the rest of the world so that." Wakanda will be will be burned to ashes, and I think a lot of people oversee that. I didn't say he had great motives. I'm no, not no, saying he's I, a good person. I just think you, he was his story infinitely more compelling, more yeah, compelling and engaging than what they did with T'Challa. And I think for a movie entitled Black Panther, it really should be more about Black Panther. Well, like that's well, kind of my problem. I, maybe that I that's had the thing, it. though. Like so again, this was kind of the origin. Yes. So sure. Like the mo- the movie being called Black Panther doesn't necessarily mean it has to revolve all around him, but we're seeing what made the Black Panther. Yes. No, it's it's true. I just think that like for what they set up with him in um, God was the one before this Civil War. Uh, yeah, his character was so much cooler yeah, in Civil was, War, and it was so much like better crafted and presented. And then in his own film, like he is just out shined by basically everyone that's around him and I just think that's a huge disservice to the character. I agree Rich. I, I think you make a very valid point. I'm glad we set well. the couch in this thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> this took me out of punching range from Mitch because he, he can't hit me anymore because you're here. I'm, I'm oh. Is that coming to cry? Is this a cry? You stop hurting the boy. <laughs> One of these days Richard. <laughs> uh, okay. So that was your number two? Yeah, I'm going to be the first one. Okay, you're, going, you're saying number two is right? Yes. We didn't yeah. go through all the number twos yet? No. I got just, scared I was going to be the first you one to say and one. Richard I don't want to be the first one to say number one. <laughs> I, if we go the way that I've been doing, I should be the first one to say number one. Okay, good. So number my number two was Rafa's number four, Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Ooh. Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, Mad Men. The fact that we had three directors on this movie, and they were all came together to make such a great movie that is super coherent, but then also drastically different from each other. Yeah. It that in itself is an accomplishment. I agree. Yeah. That I could not fathom. Mm-hmm. So you got uh director rise, Bob Perchetti, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman. Rodney Rothman was a writer on David Letterman. He's the head writer for David Letterman mm-hmm. for like a few years. Peter Ramsey is a storyboard artist, wrote but also directed Rise of the Guardians. Bob Perchetti uh came straight from animation. Damn. Yeah. He was head animator for, for a lot of movies. Huh. First time directing for a lot of these people. Yeah. Uh, Phil Lord was a writer, but also producer. Yeah. So Lord and Miller were, were producers. Shamik Moore, actor. Jake Johnson, actor. Haley Steinfeld, actor. John Mulaney, you have to talk about him. His voice is so distinct in the movie. Why, yeah. John, why John Mulaney? They didn't need to be John It didn't need to be, but it, it, he, works. it works. It worked it very works. well, yes. Lily Tomlin, and then, of course, Chris Pine. And, you know, the way that they are able to... Oh, and Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cage of it all. This is purple. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that you get... So Spider-Man movies up till now, everybody's like, don't do the origin again. Don't do the origin yeah. again. This and movie says... leaned into it. <laughs> they, they so hard. St- steered right into that curve. It was like, hey, we're going to give you the origin eight more times. Yeah. <laughs> but they do, it, one more they do time. it in such a fun way. It is. Okay. It's so fun. I want to point out, the only movie... With the stamp of the comics. <laughs> At the very beginning. <laughs> had me laughing. So, and then, you know, how each one of them is 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 different type of Spider-Man, but still has that same core value. Mm-hmm. And it's shown on, on screen. Uh, the code switching that I've, this, I've learned that this is a term that 
that um, Miles Morales has to do when he goes from living code switching. Yeah, quotes when he's in Brooklyn, you know, walking down the street, talking to his friends, and then going to the upscale school where he has to, he changes the way he talks and the way he acts. Code the way he, I've never heard this. It's term. called code switching. They use it a lot in like psychology. Like um, I know they reference it a lot for like kids and stuff because usually when kids go to school you're like that's kind of your first endeavor into code switching because you're having to learn to integrate into a different kind of like society than you do when you're at home with like your family unit Mm -hmm. so like that's kind of one of the terms or where i've never heard this term i thought that's just what people did was he and that's what i I learned i learned about it listening to people talk about this movie and and (laughs) apparently it's it's more predominant in in uh, houses that come from people of color. Okay. It, the, you know, you have to act a different way when you're around white people, apparently. Yeah, well, we did, saw... did anybody watch Sorry to Bother You? I did. That's my honor, one of my honorable, honorable so mentions. So that's kind of one of the things that happens in that is like he, they're, they're basically telling him like, hey, talk like a white guy and you yeah. will make more sales. And yeah. so like, yeah, I mean, it's it's just fascinating, but... And I did, I did love that. And sorry, not sorry to bother you. It's it's Donald Glover or Donald Glover. Danny's Glover's character says it's not about being white. It's about not having to worry about where your next paycheck's coming from. Mm-hmm. That's the the white voice. And I was yeah. like, that's it's a heavy sentence. It's yeah. a very heavy sentence. Yeah. Damn. So, uh, yeah, Spider Verse, an amazing movie. My number two. Apparently, since the other yeah, the other two of you haven't mentioned it yet. <laughs> I'm guessing it went to it's number my one. My number one. Same. So, Rafa, <laughs> what is your number two? All right, everybody. Hold on to your britches. Let's go hang some witches. My number two is oh, Hereditary. Oh. Hereditary is a movie that I heard a lot of buzz about, and I didn't really care for it. Um, I love horror films. Going back and kind of looking through my channel, uh, Rafa at the Movies on Twitter. Shameless plug. Go there you go. <laughs> Make sure you follow it. He has the best insight into movies. The, the, the reason I did the, the Twitter is in order to rewatch old films and new films and put my two cents what I think, right? And I put it up there that way so I can go back and I can have a catalog of movies that I've seen or to rewatch. And looking back through it, I've realized that a good majority of my films are horror films. And I just realized that horror is one of those quintessential talking about psychology. Mm-hmm. When we talk about that internal reason of why we go to the theater, some people want to get scared. We want to be told a story. And I love stories. And with Hereditary, it's one of those stories where this is by far one of, if not the scariest movie I've ever seen. It is on one of those concepts where it didn't need jump scares. But the slow tension building throughout that movie, I felt like I was developing a panic attack. And then the last 10 minutes is just a onslaught, nonstop, punch to the face. You're going straight into the bowels of hell. Just ride of my life that just kept me awake for days. It's one of those films where, especially in Hispanic culture, we learn a lot about the ideas of brujaria. And brujaria is witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And witchcraft is something you don't fuck with. Ever. Mm-hmm. I say the word brujaria, my mom will say, why, like, no, are you, Rafa, like, why are you, Voldemort. Says, <laughs> why, why are you bringing that into the house? Yeah. And on the kin of movies like Rosemary's Baby or Mother or these other kinds of movies, Hereditary does a lot of the same things where 
you're looking at it from the perspective of this family who have just gone through a terrible tragedy, which is something that is felt because everyone loses family members. And then you realize that the people you're supposed to trust the most are the ones that have secretly have your worst intentions in mind. And just it's a giant fever dream. Whereas Mandy was violent and visceral. This movie is also visceral, but it's on a much more spiritual and and psychological level where everything just hits you so hard and you're just wondering can you really trust those that you love the most it's a wonderful movie i've watched it many times now it still manages to scare me and when we talk about new age horror horror films like it follows um suspiria with the remake that just came out this year i think hereditary is this part of this new onslaught a horror done right and it's able to scare generations of people did you watch the spirit i did watch the spirit is it good i liked it Sorry, i think no no it's it's <laughs> a lot like mandy where it's very up its own ass or it's kind of like you can you can tell a lot of times like oh this is artsy on purpose sure um i don't think it's as good as the original suspiria but i enjoyed it i think tilda swinton kills it as normal nice perfect yeah she's, no, she's amazing for sure but yeah that's hereditary that's my number two for sure Anybody else have any other thoughts on Hereditary? Because I, I watched it and didn't care for it. Didn't I, watch it. I haven't seen it. It was on my list. Uh, I've heard a number of people tell me uh, that I should watch it. And, I mean, here you like That's the thing. Like Both of you guys, like I always love your insight to film because I think it's always kind of a, a little bit different perspective. Even though you might be agreeing with either Mitch or myself, it's always like a different perspective as to why. So it's like always really fascinating to hear right. the insight from both of you. So, like yeah, even even more so, I'm excited to watch it after hearing you talk about it. Like, I, I mean, really dig it's into not it. for everybody. Sure. Uh, some people might not. Because... Fear and horror is different for everybody. Yeah, I spent yeah. this year watching a lot of more like Lovecraftian what's going on horror, like The Endless, which is on Netflix right now, which is really good. Um, and these kinds of horrors scare me, but this kind of horror also scared me. So it really depends on what you fear and what you like. So yeah. I I loved it. Definitely my number two. All right. Uh so now we're getting on to our number ones. Anything else anybody wouldn't say before we get to those? Aquaman wasn't a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Rafa has to leave now. I'm sorry. Uh, everybody could find out his number one on his Twitter. No, uh, all right. Go, go, go ahead. Uh, press F to pay respects in chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so since you got, we've already said your guys' two number ones, you guys want to just talk a little bit more about Spider-Verse before we get to uh, Rafa I mean, and mine? The art. Okay. It's incredible, truly like a, an absolute masterpiece. No, no like I, I've seen it twice now. Okay. Um, the first time I watched it towards the end of the movie, I started watching it trying to just like freeze frame everything and think, is this perfect in composition? Like, is it the whole like every frame of painting kind of thing? It is. <laughs> it is. The whole second time I watched it, there was nothing that wasn't. It was ridiculous. So the 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 really interesting thing behind that, and I totally agree with you because like that is one of the first things that will grab you by the throat about this movie is the animation style in this is not like anything you've ever seen in a film before, and it really harkens back to like that nineteen seventies like comic book vibe. It's not like completely overbearing, but there's like a subtle homage of it to this. But what's more interesting is like when you read about the process to it. 
Uh, I guess this film was loosely talked about back in like 2013, 2014 when that Sony hack happened. Mm -hmm. There was like, I guess one of the emails was that they were planning on revitalizing like the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. And um, I guess when they were kind of getting the team and everything together and they were talking about it, they were like, well, what do you guys want to do? And they were like, well, we need to do animated because there's only there's there's only so much you could do in a live action movie. So let's just (laughs) take it completely animated. And I might not be 100 percent accurate, accurate on this, but from what I recall reading they actually hired one animator and he was the the sole person that developed well like the, the in visual collaboration flair. but yeah. he was the one that like worked with him for i think it was like 6 months straight just developing mm-hmm. the style and yeah. then from there it took them a year to get 10 seconds of usable footage that they were happy with and the team eventually ended up blowing up to like 142 or 150 something in that ballpark yeah. animators every artist i follow on twitter is like here's art from my time on spider-verse yeah like, it's, it's just so insane like the amount of talent that they pulled and the like and, and i think that that might be the largest animation team that's come together under the umbrella of sony yeah no far and away the only other kind of group that i would imagine has any kind of bigger team would be video games and i think that's important because it showcases this is a movie that was in all of our top fives and it's a movie that was done with tender love and care mm-hmm. and if all of these people it's came together ass. to give us <laughs> A, a beautiful piece of art, a beautiful origin story, a beautiful super, whatever you want to call it. Really what it is, is it's something that hundreds of people loved, put their time into, and as a collective whole, made a product that all of us are here talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something magical in that. I agree. I, I also have to, it, I mean, I can't speak to the art in the same way you guys do, but the idea how they bring in a kingpin that's a version of the kingpin that's from mm. a one certain type of book. Yeah. And then you have the Spider-Man that's another type, and then a noir Spider-Man, and then uh, the anime character, who is legitimately an anime character. Like, anime yeah. character. all these different styles of the characters in, in the movie are different. But yet the movie works. There, there's a it part, doesn't. It doesn't throw you off. There's a part. Uh, you know the, the scene from the trailer. The whole like um, when they're above the roommate. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. The person who had worked on that, they were like, "Listen, the guys, this was the hardest shot I've ever worked on in my whole life. <laughs> I worked six months on this one shot, <laughs> and, it, and just for that, and the fact that they even got that chance is insane." And then yeah. I, I was I, I I was listening to something where they were talking about with the with the Spider Ham character like that mm-hmm. was they went back to the old hand drawn version of animation and like they were like nobody knows how to do this anymore kind of thing so come get me well they they, <laughs> they had to reteach themselves how to do it apparently yeah. for the movie so like yeah the 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 patience or the passion they they made that, that movie just it it definitely puts it well in and and I think that even kind of ties back into the movie that you were talking about earlier that was with some of the people that uh, had left or were a part of like Studio Ghibli like a big part of what they always say is like because they've had people ask them like why don't you guys go to 3D animation you could do it so much faster mm-hmm. than what you're doing uh, hand animated and for them it's all about the tradition it's mm-hmm. all about passing on that knowledge and that that respect for the art form and so. Um, to hear that there's even kind of a little bit of that in this movie is also just another tiny little nugget of amazing, you know, amazingness that this film really shines, I think, like just to me. And, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know, this is like kind of like, you know, maybe a little, I don't know, 
cliche or something to say this, but like for me, I feel like this is the best comic book movie that I have ever seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just so well put together and so well handled that I, I, I it's just really hard to find anything in this movie to critique in a negative way, you know? It's pretty it's pretty high up there for yeah. all time superhero movies. It's damn good. Yeah. Uh okay, so my number one. It's not Spider-Verse. It's not Spider-Verse. <laughs> and it's kind of a cheat because it actually came out at the end of last year, end, end of uh, 2017. I Wait. just didn't get a chance to see it until 2018. Don't say what it is. Okay. Guesses. Any guesses? <clears throat> end of last year. Any, anybody at all? <laughs> any, any, end of last yeah. year. End of last year. I mean, <laughs> I, I did tweet about it when I watched it in the, in this year. Oh, and no, <laughs> He's been away from Twitter for so long. Wait, also, you guys in chat, feel free to drop, drop your your guesses. Your guesses. Uh, and and I, I really felt I felt so bad that I didn't see it. Once I watched it, I was felt I so so bad that I didn't see it in 2017 because it was so great. So if there's nobody guessing, no no possible. Well, there's a bit of a delay. But yeah, there I mean, is a little bit ahead. of delay, yeah. so I'm kind I'm kind of holding I, out. I, I, I don't Aquaman. know. What the, my, my guess <laughs> from the end of last year. I know that the only movie that I know that was actually end of last year was like Blade Runner 2049 because we just looked it up in the car. Well, yeah. I can guarantee it wasn't that because he hates Blade Runner. We saw it in the same Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally, we just saw it together. Totally not that. So it's not that. It's, was, was it Thor Ragnarok? It was not Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. The, the, like This is literally the last couple weeks of 2017 when this came out. So that's, what, that, that's why I think I, so, I didn't see it. I'm curious. There's, no one in here has guessed. Okay, well... So, so it was. It, it was directed by Scott Cooper, who made Crazy Heart, Out of the Furnace, and Black Mass. And I love Crazy Heart and Out of the Furnace. I I love Crazy Heart more than I ever thought it would. Like I, it's a, it's Crazy a movie Heart, about the movie with uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, about he, he country got, music. Got yeah, the guitar. yeah. And I really enjoyed it for, and I did not think I would. Um, uh, so this and this is written and directed by same guy, Scott Cooper. Hostiles, Christian Bale oh. and uh, Rosamund Pike are your big two stars in that. It's set right after the Civil War? Yeah, something like that. We'll go so, with yes. Yeah, I want to say the Civil War. And uh, Christian Bale like is this uh, Union soldier that has to relocate this uh, Native American to his new home the new new area where the their tribe is supposed to be and it's mm. and it's all the stuff that you they have to go through to get there christian bale i feel like christian bale's character in the movie is has the true hero's tra- like okay. journey because he goes from being this despicable terrible person who's straight up you know uh he's being racist so. racist uh gun you know war ridden just bad guy all around Mm -hmm. and he is able to see past all that eventually and and help the these people that he has come to hate Mm -hmm. throughout most of his career and i just i fell in love with everything about that movie the way it was shot the the scenery like even more so than what i saw in reverend which i thought was that he did a great job Mm -hmm. in in making that movie and, and the way it looked but uh it's just it, it's so it's just so good. Um, once again, another movie I didn't I didn't feel like enough people were talking about, uh, and and then all the points of view, all the different points of view of of the these characters because Rosamund Pike's character, her whole family is killed in the beginning at the very beginning of the movie mm. by Native Americans, so she has to overcome that while yeah. she is with Christian Bale, 
and and moving on and it's just wow it's it's so it's it's just incredible movie. I feel bad. I have no frame of reference for this one whatsoever. I, I'm sorry. Uh, like I said, it, it came out 2017, and That's okay. it was just it, it just really moved me. Our uh, <clears throat> our other buddy Matt, uh, this was like his movie of 2017. Yeah, and I it's funny because like I didn't i haven't watched it i wanted to watch it but like gosh i'm so interested to check it out now because like that's the second person i've had tell me that this is like such a great movie so i would you say that matt and i usually agree on movies i i don't know we were just having this uh conversation and chat actually because uh wizard was saying that he was surprised that you actually liked crazy heart and i was like are you though like are you surprised that he's like well yeah because it doesn't seem like a movie would uh, mitch would like and i'm like but that's exactly why i'm not surprised (laughs) mitch doesn't really have like a taste that you can just die one does not simply understand (laughs) movies it's very unorthodox movies sure i was gonna say food Apparently just spicy. Yeah. <laughs> I just good. love spicy food. <laughs> but no, yeah, um, Crazy I was I, honestly I was surprised when I, I watched Crazy Hair for the first time and thought I, I did enjoy the hell out of that movie. So So you're not too far off, Wizard. Oh, there you I, I don't point at the, the monitor, point at the camera. Got it. <laughs> the, the man behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, all right. Rafa, in, take us home. You're number one. Did, what I didn't really I hadn't gotten it. We talked about Aquaman so many times. <laughs> so my number one for sure was Aquaman. No. <laughs> Again, I liked it. I thought it was a fun time, but for sure, it's not in my top five. It's not in my top ten. Um, for me, again, lots of reasons why you would go to the cinema, but really when you go to the cinema, it's a time to disconnect and to be told a story. Storytelling as an art form is something that changes and evolves, but it's always based down to the same thing. It's something that's told to you, something you listen to, something you see, something that you're able to become a part of. And when people add cool things like beautiful set pieces and great acting and wonderful colors and the cinematography and the movement and the soundtrack, all of those elements create something that you just love. That's the added piece that can make it art. And for me, this was already talked about. And I'm sorry, Mitch, but my number one goes to Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs. Nice. A lot of what you said, Rich, hits it right on the nose. In the uh-huh. essence of the aspect that the fact that one, it is stop motion is insane. But the thing for me is when I see this movie, it's a movie that you can tell what's going to happen from the beginning to the end. But like we talked about before, Wes Anderson tells stories in a way where it feels like it's awkwardly acted in a very deadpan way to create that illusion of this is a story but it is a story it's telling you a story you'll be engrossed but you'll always remember that quirkiness and that whimsical spirit what i loved about this film is it not just cinematically is something beautiful to look at we're talking about animations this was a great year for animation and what this thing does is it's able to combine that element with real life uh, stop motion with great performances by great actors and it's something where whereas I liked the color palette of the world Tenenbaums or I enjoyed the spirit of the Darjeeling Limited or ooh, I ooh. really enjoyed the the wildness of Steve Zissou and his life aquatic yeah. whatever it might be or whether I like the set pieces of Mo- uh, Moonrise Kingdom or the Grand Budapest Hotel Isle of Dogs gave me something where it was a story of man's best friend 
and how even the the word itself, Isle of Dogs, when you say it fa- fast, it comes off as I love dogs. Aww. And I think that in Cold itself was something that was just <laughs> beautiful. And there were so many great moments. And again, cinema is something that is different for everybody. But it's something that was able to enlighten me in a way where I had a great time watching throughout. And then by the end of it, I wanted more to the point that I almost ordered a $500 um version of the movie that comes with the movie and then five of the action figures that wow. come with the f- no oh six five of the dogs and then the actual atari kid wait what it's on ebay what that's amazing but they only made it in japan and there's only so many so <laughs> I, I almost bought this yesterday but i didn't so to the internet <laughs> you're right and i've got two um <laughs> and broke um, they're so expensive yeah. so expensive <laughs> But that's the beauty of it. It's it's a story that's told to you, and whether it is something like Mandy or Spider-Man or any of these other wonderful films, the fact that it has a real visceral reaction from you, I think says a lot. And the fact that we're able to sit down and talk about these things, and hopefully those of you in the chat, you know, the movies that you've seen, and they've made you feel these these moments of elation, you know, I think there's something really special in that. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you guys already talked about Isle of Dogs earlier. Um I, yeah, I, I honestly thought there was going to be more of argument between all of us. Not that no. we, we love to argue with each other, but just I just knew that we were all going to be pretty different. And Stop I think we did bring different me, stuff, Mitch. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely... For, for you podcast listeners, he's currently attacking it. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely... Yeah, it, it, I, I love that we were able to come together and talk about these movies. And, and we came up with, with lists that were same, but also different. Yeah. I so... It's it, Into the Spider Verse is the only one that all of us that we all had though, right? Yeah, I think it's the only one that we all had. So I think that declares it best movie of the year. Yeah, I would say it's pretty close. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. If you learned nothing else, go watch that movie. <laughs> go watch that movie. Actually, if you learned anything else, watch the movies on my list. Don't worry about anybody else's. Oh, that, that, I, think, I think that pretty soundly means you learned nothing. Oh, <laughs> but, but even with with movies we watch now. What are things that we look forward to in the future? Because that's the thing that leads us to the next part, right? And what do you guys think? What are some movies that you want to watch next year? I, right now, I don't know. There, there's so many things that are upcoming. I'm just kind of like letting media and whatnot wash over me. I'm not trying to keep track of deadlines so much anymore. Not deadlines, uh, like release dates. Release dates, premiere dates. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm just letting them happen. I know I'm definitely looking forward to Glass, which I don't mm-hmm. have to wait that long. That's going to be mm-hmm. Janu- right here in January. Yep. Uh, in game, of course. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how I cannot. Oh, that teaser, so good. <laughs> Shazam, I Shazam. think is gonna be look good. Is gonna yeah. be great. Looks like fun. We, we got to call out in chat for Godzilla, which the, yeah. Godzilla, Godzilla the King good. of Monsters. Yeah. If uh, yeah, uh, if you have not seen Shin Godzilla, please do. Shin Godzilla is really do. good. It's so good. Um, I'm excited for it chapter two. I love it chapter, it, two. chapter yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Great film. And I feel like the the the, the second part, the second chapter with the adults is going to be so much better. Oh, I agree. I, I love the first one. I don't love. It. I really like the first one, but the, I feel like the second chapter. I think this is going to be more balls to the walls. Just yeah, yeah. it's going to hit hard. Um, I really want to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's yeah. right. That Tarantino <laughs> movie is going to be because the his last the last Tarantino movie left me not too happy. Um, was that Hateful Eight? Hateful Eight, yeah. So I am super excited about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, you got Brad Pitt and you got Leonardo DiCaprio. Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom Cruise is in it? Isn't he Tom Cruise? Yeah, Tom Cruise is in it too. I think everybody's in it. Everybody that. is yeah, in excited. that movie. It's, it's yeah. looking pretty crazy. Because so, Margot Robbie's also in it. She's, mm-hmm. she's playing Sharon Tate, right? 
Uh-huh. Yeah. She is. Yeah. I'm I really no, I'm hyped to see Pet Cemetery. As much as oh, so I like Stephen King, he's okay. Um Pet Cemetery, though it's a really it's not even acquired taste. It's kind of a shitty movie. <laughs> I still love that movie. I, I don't know why. I, I'll, if it's on, I'll put it on. I'll watch it all the time. Don't go down that route. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be. It, it's gonna teach another generation of kids how to how to improperly spell, spell cemetery. That <laughs> it's going but to happen. The trailers have been good. And again, talking about horror. I mean, Jordan Peele's next movie, Us. Us. Yeah. yeah. That's one. That's actually true. That's one that I'm anxiously waiting that for. That trailer dropping on Christmas is a... Wow. Yeah. Also, what a great way to market something. To be the only trailer that drops that's going to be like that. Yeah. While everyone's with their family. Yep. So 800 people who otherwise wouldn't have heard about this movie heard about that movie. It's that's true. right. It's true. Genius. Hey, uh, Richard, do you have any movies anticipating I for? I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's really difficult for me because, like, I... I I don't know. I've kind of grown pretty tired of the of the comic book uh, wave. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. I don't. I I, I hate kind of saying that because like, obviously I'm gonna go watch them. I mean, like we make that joke all the time where we're like trash talking a movie and then it's like, oh, you're gonna watch them? Like, yeah, I'm totally. I'm gonna go. Totally. <laughs> um. So I mean, like I know I'm gonna go watch them, but like I don't know. It, it's just crazy because like literally next year, just looking at movies that are coming out, it's like Avengers, Endgame, Captain Marvel. Uh, Dark Phoenix, Shazam, you know, another flipping Star Wars movie, uh, which again, I just, I'm like kind of over that. Like, I really, I don't know. I think that's kind of why I think, I, I don't know. I think like I've been trying to get more and more back into like smaller films, like a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that like A24 is doing and things like that because, to yeah, because I mean, like, it just I feels like they're doing something oh, so, uh, you know, counter programming to everyone else that that's happening and to me that's just really refreshing because like the market as a whole is just so oversaturated but it's ironic because my number one movie is into the spider-verse which is a comic book movie so i feel weird about it yeah but but i mean like it's just crazy because you you look at this stuff coming out and i'm i'm like okay like i'm not i'm gonna go watch them but i'm not like super super hyped for for any of them i'm excited for john wick uh chapter three I think that's going to be good, but I mean, the second one was good. Not top, as good as the first one. You know what I mean? Top so, I yeah, actually, I did that get pushed back, didn't it? I think I it know. did. I think it did. Yeah. yeah. I hope the whole they, soundtrack is just Danger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> but covered by a bunch of different people. Just, right. Is yeah. K Log still alive? I think so. Can we, just oh, get, can we get K Log back? I'm sure he will. I imagine he'll, he'll be coming around. But no, like, I, I don't comes. know. I'm just kind of like over that you know what i mean because like even even this year you look at like most of the, like it was so funny it's just kind of a, a side thing but i had a i was taking a, a lift to work and i had a lift driver point this out to me he was like super huge into movies and everything and we were just talking about films and he was just like it's so unfortunate where we're at like with the amount of comic book movies that come that are coming out and he was like think about um the movies that were released in 1993 and i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up a list here real quick are we talking about things like original properties versus things that are in a just, franchise? Just movies in general. Just yeah. It doesn't doesn't have anything to do with it really being like because because it's the thing like it's not because they're like recirculating. The, it's mm. not because it's not a new intellectual property. It's just like I'm personally getting burnt out on them. Yeah. But so like in 1993 we had Jurassic Park, 
The Nightmare Before Christmas, Schindler's List, Falling Down, Tombstone, Cool Running, Demolition Man, The Fugitive, Groundhog Day, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Sandlot, The Firm, Rudy, A Bronx Tale, Philadelphia, Carlito's Way, The Piano, True Romance, like Robin Hood Men in Tights, The Adam Family Values, uh, you know what I mean? Sleepless in Seattle, Grumpy Old Men, like, there's just this huge, like, never-ending list, like, of really, really good movies and, like, if you look at the same one for this year, like, 90% of it is just comic book movies. Well, that, that's what that looks like. But that's also sure. because of the way that things are judged. We, you were just talking sure. earlier about the thing where that one movie was taken out of the running for getting Academy Awards. Sure. Because it didn't show in theaters. There are people who are making great things that are just, like, a YouTube original. Or, or Netflix originals. Bird Box went to... films. To... To Netflix like this year, but are those really movies? <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's, not, that's not a real question. I haven't but, seen. But you've even looking Bird Box yet. But but I and, and and that's fair. Like that's a totally fair assessment. But it's just like what you were saying though. Like to me, that also it, it feels a little cheap as well because I love that theater experience. And no, like, you're that right. Sucks but, that I can't get that well, experience with Bird Box because I've heard nothing but good things about. it. Do you think that that's like, so th- there's a big thing that I a question that I have about sure. this whole process is that um, I don't know if theaters might have done this to themselves. Yeah, because it costs so much to go see a movie. You w- you want a reason to be at the movie yeah. theater. Like you need that big sound. You need that big picture. You, you know, I can watch uh, a courtroom drama at home. I don't need the the big mm-hmm. uh, fucking stereo system at the theater for that. Yeah, like, I, like instant family. Though I did enjoy watching that movie in the theater i didn't need to see it in the theater mm-hmm. i could have watched that easily at my home because the, the one that, that i look at for the stuff is so as people who play video games um have you seen like what the insane amount of releases are that happen every single week on the, on the nintendo switch yeah there's a, a it's crap ton. an incredible amount of games that come out and there are things that aren't being released there there are games that are coming straight to pc and switch because they're making them easy to release onto. Mm-hmm. There, there are games um, like Gris that came out recently. Yep. A fucking gorgeous, phenomenal oh, yeah. game. Amazing soundtrack as well. Not on PlayStation well. or Xbox One. Not, Be- it's it's only there on PC and Switch because they make it easy for them to be there. Right. And so I think and, and some of the best pieces of art don't necessarily have a ton of money that they're going to make. Oh, no, a lot and of them don't. So things, things don't get money for but I being think, put into these bigger things. I think the studios have also... And... and, and us as movie watchers have also played a big role in this too. Like we've made it even harder or almost impossible for a lot of those really small indie films Mm -hmm. to make their way to. And that's, that's kind of more what I'm like getting at with this is like, you look at that and like, those have all become kind of like iconic films. And I mean like the list is even longer than that. That's just like a, like a small sample of what I have. But like that I think is also what's kind of disheartening about the whole situation is that it is really difficult for a small indie movie that might be something kind of like Mm -hmm. what um mitch was talking about the movie with uh christian bale and stuff like that like it's probably really difficult for that movie to even get into theaters Mm -hmm. now and i just find that that to me is really disheartening because i get it yeah there's a lot of movies you don't need a theater experience to go see but there's a ton of movies that you are missing the opportunity to even have that experience and that's part of it i think the other part of it too and this is where it's like difficult to kind of chastise that but for creatives though the more and more exclusivity that we are going to start seeing through all the like streaming platforms Mm -hmm. that are breaking off 
the better and better that is for creatives that are making that type yeah, of content. There's you know money what I mean? for it. Right. And so like, that's my only hope, but you had kind of made that comment before we even started. And I thought it was so fascinating because I felt it was also really true for me. More of what I watched this year was shows yeah. and less movies. Well, and so I think that's just really fascinating. I just wanted to bring that up and point that out and have a, a conversation about it while we're here. But yeah, that was actually one of the things I was yeah. sad not to be able to like honorable mention, um, uh, Maniac because mm-hmm. not a movie but it's a TV show and it was fantastic yeah he's a good actor I understand why you would hate him. <laughs> <laughs> not. so if you've learned anything everybody watching this right now tell Hollywood that we need a Gremlins 3 <laughs> <laughs> I know you want it that's that's the it. name of the episode. That's not go. where I thought this was gonna be, that sentence was going to go. But you've heard it three. Gremlins three confirmed. Here you uh, it. We're getting Gremlins three before we get Half Life three and Portal three. What the fuck? And Team Fortress three. All right. So I want to say thank you for everyone that stuck with us, and yeah. you know we we ended up going an hour later than we had planned. Uh, technical difficulties, but we got it to work. We were up live. Uh, thank you for joining us during this holiday season. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Uh, we hope to see you in the coming year. We're going to have a lot more going on geekly radio-wise, or what will be called soon. We'll reveal that at the beginning of the year. Uh, I, I hope that I've heard you guys things. will come back and, and join us in more stuff. Well, of course. Steven's obviously going to be more part of Geekly. As, as, you, as you time took me goes to go on, watch Aquaman. I did. I made you go watch it, <laughs> and, and Rafa knows that he's always welcome here. And I love being part of this community because this is a community that showcases that they care about things that exist, whether it's music, video games, nerd culture. It's one of those things where you can have all these things, you can buy all these comics, you can get all these action figures, but what's the point if you don't have someone to share it with? That's right, someone to talk 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 it out with. So. Rafa, why don't you go ahead and uh, plug some of your social media that we haven't right. plugged yet? If you want, so if you want to go see some good ass movies, go see Rafa at the movies on Twitter. But my normal one is Mobile Rafi on Twitter. That's where I kind of post about things that I think are cool and most of my comic book stuff. And then on top of that, please check me out on YouTube under yes. Mobile Rafi. I review action figures. I review. Anything that I just think is fun. And sometimes I just showcase my adventures. It's really a tool for me to chronicalize the things that I'm doing now. Because eventually I'm going to be old and not be able to move. Unless I get <laughs> robot parts. <laughs> so the whole idea is something that I can robot maybe one parts. day show my children. Or at the or worst case, something that I can just go back and go, that was a dope toy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steven's still not on social media? No. But you can find me drawing weekly on twitch.tv slash T-E-N-S-P. D, we draw live together right now. After that, you can find me on twitch.tv slash mod20gaming. That's two and a zero in the middle. Now, what's what's the thing you that you always... the links in the chat, too. I, yeah, I got you guys. What's yeah. the thing that you always say, though, when we're, we're doing our poker games, though? Oh, also, we're, we'll oh. have our poker game this Saturday. You know, so anybody that wants to watch... This uh, is Saturday, is, Yeah, this, this Saturday. I keep, I'm not keeping up. Usually, usually about 7 o'clock. Uh, Arizona time. So um, over over here in chat, uh, Psycho Slim earlier, I believe, said that he was going to win the poker game. He did. We'll see. We'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. But no, what is it that that you? If always... you have if you have Twitch Prime, have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. There we go. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think you guys are affiliates. All right, whatever. Are you, are you an affiliate? I am. An Richard affiliate. is. If you guys have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, which means you can take five dollars back of the money that you already give to Amazon every single month. Reach into Jeff Bezos's very warm, very expensive <laughs> Chanel pockets, pull five dollars back out, give it to him. 
over oh, there. Twitch.tv slash R-I-C-O-W-N, correct? And the number one. And the number one. There you go. Give, give money to him. The only bad news about that is it does not roll over automatically every single month. If you can help him out and make sure and go click that button manually at least once that month, you'd be a sweetheart. And what a hype man there you go that takes you right over to Richard Richard go ahead and spell it out again for them well there it is Uh, I am on Twitter as well which is just at Ry Cohen it's on the hat R-I-C-O-W-N and then like uh, uh, Stephen was saying is twitch.tv slash Ry Cohen and the number one so yeah I'm there pretty much every well I don't know Next month's looking a little hairy already because I I am gonna mm, be classic streamer stuff over there. Right, yeah. classic yeah. streamer talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am gonna be. I, I have some work stuff going on, so next month's gonna be a little rough. But typically, I'm there every Wednesday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Arizona time. So, uh, so yeah. So awesome. If uh, well, if you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter as at Mitchipedia Ger. The Ger is for Geek Elite Radio. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. Uh, if you want us to do more live tapings like this and hopefully be on time, tell us. <laughs> go, we'll try go, our best. Go, yeah, we'll try our best. Uh, go to one of our social medias, either Twitter, Instagram, or, or Facebook, and tell us if you enjoyed it or not. Or, or I guess our, or on Twitch. I need to learn Twitch. I need you to teach me how to use Twitch. <laughs> I got you. Okay. I'll be here. Uh, but as always, until next time, this is the Mitch and Rich Show on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. Wow, we did Let that me, live. We did that we live. We did that live. We did that live. All of us were perfect. We need to, we need to, so, oh, we're still live. We are still live. Oh, yes. you're supposed to. <gasps> Hashtag. Oh. Gremlins rising. Get it done, Hollywood. <laughs> Get it done. Hell yeah. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.